You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, we are so glad you could join us for this Wednesday episode of the ENM Pod. We get a little bit of a longer episode today as you guys get to lean into the fun time I had with Elizabeth Overstreet. I know you're just going to love her. She is a relationship strategist and she is on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and other networks and truly has grounded, solid relationship advice for you. This whole month of February, we're trying to build romance. We are really trying to also, in this episode, be mindful about those who are perhaps walking through painful divorce or dating days. Elizabeth has information and experience with all, and I'm so grateful. Not only that, but we get to cover what do we do when we're in our heart type, having stress in that space of like everyone kind of may have some angst around Valentine's and all the expectations, and and not only only that, but just the male and female differences too. I really have felt a pull to talk about those this month with you guys, as you may have noticed, because I'm just in the field a lot and there's so many similarities across types, but we're also forgetting that whole layering of the male femaleness. We're giving you advice on this too. So stay tuned for that and let's tune in with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, we are so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Krista. I'm really excited to be here as well. Oh, you guys, this was an interview in the making for a while, and we are so, both of us, just thrilled that we get to join you in the month of love, February, with Elizabeth. She is such a beautiful relationship strategist and expert. Tell us about yourself, Elizabeth. Wow. So I fell into this work quite accidentally. I was on the heels of a really bad breakup and I'm very creative. Um, And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to write about my feelings through this process because I was really struggling with trying to figure out like what was next, because sometimes when you invest so much emotionally and time wise into something that you think is going to work and it doesn't, it can be pretty devastating. So um, I wrote a book. And people were like, your advice is pretty good. <laughs> and, you know, it, when I look back and reflect, I could see the pieces connecting of the puzzle. So just to take people back steps further, I was someone who, you know, was single. I dated as a divorcee, then I remarried. Um, but before that, I was always that friend people would come to for relationship advice. And I was really good at it. And I could just see things from both lens. And then people would say, they'd be jotting down notes, like say what, Elizabeth, how do I do this? And I was like, huh, maybe. And so looking for like, you know, going to the future or the present is like, I wrote this book and people like, you need to go talk about it. And so I started talking on radio and TV shows. Mm-hmm. And then people really like the information. They're like, you're more realistic. You're more practical in your approach around relationships. This feels more like it could work. So that's how I landed where I'm at. Oh, that's interesting and beautiful that you just, A, had a natural gift and B, you were doing your own work and you were writing it out artistically and creatively. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love that your work was sort of a destiny that found you. 
Absolutely. And and being in this work, it just feels so intentional and so purposeful. And like every time I've said, oh, am I supposed to do this? Do I know enough? Because I'm humble too in this process of still learning and growing and evolving. It's like I get pulled back in again or, or someone's like, someone gives me that reassurance or, or I get that, you know, validation from others that like, hey, this this is really, you know, affected me in a great way or this has helped me to change my life tremendously. And so this work feels very purpose driven um, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, it's fun to see people love too. It is. That's the best. And I actually... Yes, it is. I love that you told our audience a little bit of the behind the curtain. It's like Oz is, you know, not perfect. And I think that's really why why I invited you to. I know that one of the things that I have to have as a podcast host on marriage is guests that are real and that admit that like we'll be working forever because A, like you said, it's invigorating and fascinating, but B, we're just humans too. So you hear you're on all these NBC and TV stations and yet you're able to say, I'm doing my work. So I love your humble approach. Oh yeah. And and you know, the other piece I left that out is that I came from watching family members who were in multi-decade marriages. So my parents were married 57 years until they passed away and then grandparents parents 60 years, aunts and uncles 40 plus years. So I was seeing around me constantly, like you can have a happy and healthy relationship, but I was also seeing like what worked, what didn't work. And so organically I was picking up things that I thought were just normal. I was, I was fortunate to grow up in that environment. And so as I share things with people, it's like, I could see kind of some proof in certain things that we don't have to like keep repeating over and over that we can correct and fix um, and do better. Like, so, so there's a saying, love smarter, not harder. And so as I observed all these different dynamics, I'm like, hmm, this is, I mean, some of these things I just don't think we think about a lot, right? And and when people can come on and talk about it and help people kind of put it together, like why they may have a certain attachment style or why they may struggle a certain way. It's so eye-opening and fun to watch people have that transformation and being able to break away from that unhealthy habit. Oh my gosh, you just encouraged us so much. And I have never heard that phrase somehow in this field. Like I always hear it as work smarter, not harder. And like, you just have me enraptured of, yes, this is exactly what we want to do is love smarter, not harder. Because we're all working so hard at love. So you're going to help us with that today. We're going to take a teensy bit of your backstory. We're going to talk about male and female differences and, and our heart space together. But tell us first a little bit about, you mentioned divorce. Tell us just what has divorce taught you about being part of your story as well. Yeah. So I, you know, me and my ex-husband, it was a very difficult decision for us to like decide to not be together anymore in a formal marriage. And it was, it was heartbreaking. It was painful. So like for anyone sitting in that space right now, it's like, it feels like part of your life is over. That something has died because a relationship has died and, and it does affect you tremendously emotionally. But we had a daughter in common and we really decided we were going to co-parent amicably. And it wasn't always easy in the beginning. So I don't want people to think that like, we were like, okay, we're going to get divorced and have this great co-parenting relationship. It takes time to get to those places. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to encourage people and give them hope that you can get to that place. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other side of divorce is like time to really get reconnected back to you and who you are, um, to reconnect if you have children in a different way with them, to teach them some new things, because you're setting an example of another legacy, right? You're leaving a legacy, a love legacy, I like to say, of how they can, if they go through a similar situation, deal with it. So I think my learnings were just like, I was so surprised at how adaptive I became, how resourceful I became, um, how empowered I felt. Um, And I didn't expect that on the heels of divorce because I wasn't as I was going for but on the other side of it, 
there was definitely a lot of positive attributes um, that came out in my in myself that I didn't even know I had. Mm, wow, that's very powerful. And I'm really glad you're encouraging people to look a little bit ahead if they're stuck there and feeling like, as we know, with depression, that you're going to be there forever. You're saying this is more of an adjustment situation. You're going to find pieces of yourself you didn't even know existed. Absolutely. Wow. And I think that's the fun part. Like, I'll tell a funny story. So I was always afraid of plumbing for some reason. And mm-hmm. I remember... <laughs> You know, that was something I would hand off to my ex-husband, like, hey, something's going on with the toilet. Can you look at that? And I remember like just even learning how to plunge the toilet. I remember like taking out the garbage, just basic things. But I think what I want people to think about is like it was the the building blocks of these little things that led to greater things, like giving me the confidence to know that I could parent my daughter without my husband, like he's the co-parent, but that I could be a single parent and that I didn't have to approach it through the eyes of like, oh my God, I'm a single parent. It's all over. It's all gloom and doom. But looking at some of the positives I could pass to my daughter so that like she could see whether she's married or if she decides to be a single parent, that it doesn't have to look one specific Mm -hmm. way. Right. So I think all of those things I never would have learned if I didn't go through the divorce. Yes. Yes. And I really hear that. And I'm just thinking of those hearts that during February, we're talking about romance, their hearts are, you know, bleeding out there. It's so nice to hear that you're not alone. And this is a season of learning and growing. And before we got on, you told me about how you love people to just, if they're in single season, to get to refresh themselves and to get to know who they are. So that's beautiful. So a lot of our listeners, whether they're divorced and trying to date or whether they've been married for a while, find themselves in that position of either pursuing or distancing. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about men and women. But in general, I think sometimes people listening to this podcast might be leaning into trying to push for love because they're feeling lonely. What advice can you give to somebody who feels a little bit desperate? Okay. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. First of all, like no one wants to be alone. I mean, I know some people proclaim they really don't care, but at some point there will be some part point in your life where you want companionship, whether it's friendship or a romantic relationship. This is just how we're built. That being said, I think acknowledge the feeling that it you might feel alone. Um, but I think at the same time, pushing something not to be lonely when you know you're pushing for something that is not really curating or like creating that space for you to feel connected to that person is more dangerous. So I would say to people like acknowledge the feeling because I think I think it's normal, but don't be afraid to lean into pushing away for something that's not for you. Because I think the more you stay in scenarios where you're with something that's not for you, you actually limit your opportunity to be with someone who's for you. Mm-hmm. And I know that feels very counterintuitive. I know people are like, Elizabeth, I don't care. I just want a body here. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, yeah. I don't want to go back out here and do this again. But I, I I was actually watching something that this reminds me of. I think the reason we get stuck is because, and I was just, I saw this video and it really resonated. So a lot of times we invest so much time, so much emotional energy, and then there's the loneliness factor. And we're like, if I let go of this, I'm going to have to start this process all over again. But sometimes it's like having a car. And if you keep investing in that car and say that car just keeps giving you challenges. And at a certain point, you're paying more for that car than you could have just by buying a car that's new where you don't have the same cost component. Sometimes it's better to just go get that new investment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like we need to look at our relationships like sometimes it's a sunk investment. Mm-hmm. We've put in our time. Yes, we put in our resources but it's just not working. It's clear it's not working. We still feel lonely within that relationship. 
So that's one piece to explore. The other piece I would have people explore is like, why are you afraid of being alone? And really getting clear and clarity on that, because that's another piece of it. Sometimes we look for people to fill us up, but in reality, we should look for people to add to our, you know, our state of being. So a lot of times you hear people saying, well, I need this person to complete me. And I can't be totally me without someone else. That to me yes. is, uh. you know, a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. We're all with you. I think, I don't know, but that one line is coming to me from Jerry Maguire where Renee Zellweger is like, you complete me. And I always hated that moment. Yes. I was like, ew. Yes. And that might just be ew. my personality type, but also I think it was like what no. you said. <laughs> like, it's like, totally true. And that line was so popular. And then it was like, <laughs> then finally it was a thing of like, oh wait, we don't want to find someone who can complete us. We want to be completed yeah. because even if you have two, like half people coming together, it doesn't make a whole, it's just two <laughs> half people coming together. Um, but if you can like think of it from the lens of like, oh, how do I build myself holistically? Yeah. And then it's just like who you attract is going to be different. You're going to be more specific about it. You're going to be more picky about it. Your concern isn't going to be the loneliness. It's going to be like, do I want to invite this person into my space, which is actually empowering yeah. yourself. It's a different feeling. It is. And I like how you're really helping our listeners to reflect on what's, you know, there's several possibilities here if they're feeling lonely. One of them is that they're not doing their self-work. Another one is that the relationship is in great danger and they need to get help. So I'm really glad you're just helping people to have some chances, like you said, to love smarter and not harder. And now I'd like to ask you, because that is just so cool, um, about just a fascinating topic I'm exploring all month in different ways. And that is we've done a lot of good work in recent culture to make sure we knew it wasn't just a bell curve with men and women to really be, especially Enneagram. We're all about like, oh my gosh, stop it. Male type fours are very emotional. And, you know, we really have done some good work there, but I also really have noticed in most of my coaching sessions that there's a lot of major male and female differences. And I wondered if you could speak to some of those in your work that you can recommend to Uh, you know, each of us about uh, the opposite gender. Yeah, I think there's some differences, but I think there's actually more in common. And so my coaching practice is very interesting because 60% of my demographics are women and 40% are men. And it's very interesting to me because men want similar things. I just think women are more sometimes clearer in communicating what they want because women are more so willing to say, look, I have a problem here. I want to go get this solved. When men come to me, it's like they are really at the end of their road. Like they, they, they're usually the guy that's like self-aware or more analytical. So to your point, I think the difference is sometimes men are holding back a little bit more emotionally. Um, I think that men aren't taught to express emotion as much. I think we see a, like that transcending a little bit now yeah. where you're seeing discussions around men and mental health. But I think that like, if you think about it from this lens too, women, when we have a problem, we probably have a girlfriend or two or five (laughs) that we can call. We get in a room, we have a conversation, we talk to each other, we look at each other. uh, We're reading each other's body language constantly. Like if something's wrong and it's a good friend of yours, they're picking up on it. Okay, what's wrong? Let's talk about it. In the man's space, what I've observed, and I don't want to like, like blanketly say, you know, all men, but I I do see a a consistency here. They don't always have that space. They have friendships, Mm -hmm. but it's very rare when they have that friend, they really can have conversation with. It's almost like they don't delve into that emotional space. So that feels uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's a difference. Another difference, I'll give you another one, 
is I think when you're with a guy, their interest in being in a serious relationship really differs based on like where they are psychologically and mentally. And what I mean by that is like men are builders. Mm-hmm. Men, are, you know, you get them at different stages of life. Some, some, some guys are at a stage where I'm really focused on building. I'm trying to create my legacy. I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to be an entrepreneur. I'm trying to be a race car driver, whatever it is. And it's like, this focus is like here. And I'll use the example. There was a football player. I won't say the name who recently said, I spent so many years being married to my career. And it wasn't Tom Brady. I know you guys are thinking that's not Tom Brady. It's another football player. <laughs> you knew us. It's another football player. He said, but now I'm realizing like I did all this building, but I didn't. He said, I realized I wouldn't have been a good husband. I wouldn't have been a good father. So I didn't do those things because I was focused on my career. He said, but now I, I really want to be married. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out like how I get there now. So again, that speaks to like where a man's mindset is because some women are like, why did he get married now? Mm. And I think it's timing. I think it's where a guy's mind is like, am I ready to commit? Do I want to commit? And then I think when they are, they do. I don't think it's so overcomplicated is what we think, right? But those are some of the differences I see, just like the emotional vulnerability, Mm -hmm. um, being able to talk about it, being able to speak to it in a safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also them not dealing with some of their own demons, like the things that have been holding them back that they sometimes just can't see until something really extreme happens, right? So patterns that they keep repeating because they haven't dealt with something. Mm -hmm. So there's that piece of it too. But I just think women, we have a little more access and comfort and support to be able to say, I'm upset. I'm, I, I feel sad. I, and we have someone to go talk to about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think on the other side, that's always happening. Cause you know, if you're with a guy, you're, I don't know if you're, you're married. I'm guessing you're yeah. married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> when you're sometimes with your husband, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like, you know, something's wrong, but you can't get it out of them for a while. And you have mm-hmm. to know like how to navigate that. So another tip with guys, and then I'll shut up. I promise. Oh, I love is it. like, is getting them to talk when they're doing like activities. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have sons, but like, I don't know if you've noticed this with sons, it's hard to have a straight on conversation. It has to be like, and and this is not, and again, I don't want to generalize, but these are just helpful tips. It's usually when you're doing an activity with them or you're driving with them or you're walking. So if you're trying to like pull information or, and I shouldn't say it like that, but you're trying to get information from your significant other, your husband, boyfriend, whatever, yeah. try like active things. Cause for men, it seems like it's a little easier for them to release that way. Mm, oh my gosh. I'm just like holding up my white flag here. Every single person <laughs> just needs to hear that. I'm just surrendering to this beautiful topic. I need, I need everyone to listen. Like all my clients are just doing good work while they're listening right now. If they are, because <laughs> we have <laughs> listeners from all over, but I'm hoping my clients are listening too, because we've been talking a lot about this. It's so beautiful to hear that from you as an expert. And it's just so true. So it makes me really happy. And absolutely, you know, sometimes I can tell that things wrong. And I know my husband doesn't even know something's wrong or my son. So it's really special when you can give them the space, when you can really, as a woman know, like you said, they're just at a disadvantage. They haven't had all the time to socialize as a female has. They, they haven't had these friendships. Like, yes, this morning, my best friend left me three or four boxer messages, and I'm going to be leaving her one back after our, our episode together. And it's just one of those things that it's a constant. And as you said, we have multiple places and spaces for this. 
and it's totally expected. Whereas for a guy, it's totally unexpected. So I'm glad that you are saying you're seeing in men's mental health that these issues are being brought out more. And I'm grateful we're both in this space. So yes, thank you guys. Listen to her. Don't feel bad if you're in that space of like just learning. Um, We're right here with you. And I also now, I feel like we're at our PS day resistance to really get to that big question and, and something that I know you're, we're always rediscovering together, but tell us in your observation and now you're married and I know you and your husband have a podcast as well. What do you feel makes love last? Ooh, I think that you have to commit to it every day. Mm. I think there has to be mutual respect and you just, I just think it's the com- the commitment part though is really big because I think any day, any given moment, you could feel like I'm not happy. I'm tired, but I think it's like leaning into it and saying, I, but I'm choosing you. I'm choosing this relationship. I'm focusing on the benefits of this relationship. Now I'm not saying that from what we talked about earlier, where you feel the relationship is going <laughs> sideways and there's some, yeah. there's some red flags and there's things that are not good for you emotionally or, you know, physically or so forth. That's totally different. But I'm just saying in a relationship, I think it's easy to get relationship fatigue, right? Like mm-hmm. you're with each other, you have children, you have responsibilities, you have your careers. So all of these things are like constantly you're trying to balance out, but I think it's the commitment. And then I think it's the communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that's important with the communication is the safe space. So like we talked about guys, it'd be hard for them to like open up. Mm-hmm. women being a little more vocal than men. In fact, they say women use twice the amount of words as men, like 30,000 to their 15,000. So like even if someone's not listening or <laughs> there's just a lot of talking. But <laughs> bottom line with that communication piece, it's, it's important that like when someone does open up to like create a safe space for them. So what that means, if you want to have a long lasting relationship is that you can't always be defensive. You can't stonewall because you don't want to like be accountable. You really have to lean into active listening and really trying to see your partner the way they see you because that's the way they see you, right? And vice versa. They have to try to see you the way that you see them and really lean into that. And that's that commitment, right? So I think it's the communication, the vulnerability, the respect piece, mm-hmm. and just like really once that space is open, like really respecting that space, you know, like mm-hmm. not taking for granted that someone's like putting their heart out there to you, mm-hmm. um, that you that you really treasure that and you respect that, right? So I think those are the things that make relationships last long. Hmm. And I just, I can't imagine it being better timed advice than right now with all of us who are working out there being tempted to do the turning away behavior instead of the turning towards that John Gottman talks about. And you're talking about some of these important things we know don't turn away because these are uh, just divorce indicators in when maybe a divorce isn't necessitated. Uh, and and I think because culturally the cell phones are so big, it's yes. so important that you're really asking our listeners, if you want your relationship to work, lean in and be there and be an active listener. So thank you. Oh yeah. Like we put in time on our careers, like we put in time on our, whatever our hobby is, whether it's fixing up cars, whether it's working out, whether it's cooking, but the reason we become good at those things is because we put in continuous time. Mm-hmm. There's not times we're always enjoying those things. There might be times we're like, I don't know if I really want to do that today, but we still go and put that commitment in. So it's the same thing with the relationship. Your your ROI or your re- return on investment with mm-hmm. your relationship is, is going to be tied to the time 
and the commitment mm-hmm. that you're going to put into it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is everything. Thank you. Our listeners are revved up again. I'm so grateful because I know that a lot of marriage work, even just listening is taking one great tool and you've shared so many today. And I just think our listeners are like, okay, I have a focus for this week. I'm leaning in. I'm I'm really giving to them and I'm being an active listener. And then all the rest too, but tell us where they can get even more from you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth. I, so I, I love talking about this. As you can see, Kristen, Mm -hmm. you can really shut me up. I I can (laughs) go on and on and on, but like if people want to learn more about the work I do, they can come to my website um, at elizabethoverstreet.com. And there you'll find links to my content where I talk about a lot of these topics. Um, Also, I have like, like Krista said, you'll find a link to my podcast um, called Bed Talks, where me and my husband actually do a a podcast where we interview lots of people like Krista does and talk about different topics, which is like our fun thing to do as a couple that helps us to like cultivate our relationship on an ongoing basis. Um, And then in addition, I have a book out there um, called Love You and He Will Too. So I just want to check that out. That's also something that um, where I talk a lot about the foundation of how to build a healthy relationship that's long lasting. Mm, These are awesome tips. And it's just so cool to hear you saying, I'm going to get you feeling like you love yourself. And we're back to that two space again of knowing how to love ourselves in the heart. And then also just knowing that when we finally do get, um, if we're in that space, uh, somebody to be there and to share their emotions that we better be good listeners and ready for it, right? Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time today, Elizabeth. This was awesome. Yes, same here. I enjoyed it. And I was telling, you know, Krista, before we started talking, like, I know the work she's doing is super important because like we, when we can understand each other, it just makes our relationship so much richer Mm. and more enjoyable and happier and loving. And so I appreciate the work you are doing conversely, you know, on your side as well. And thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Okay, you guys, well, you heard Elizabeth. Make sure you are actively listening and leaning in if you're in a relationship and you want to know how to deepen your connection and your bond. So grateful that I know we're doing this work together. It makes it so much better, doesn't it, you guys? Because we're being brave together and strong. So make sure you're also getting your self-care and having fun out there this month and having some romance time with you, even if your partner isn't interested or even if you're not in that space of having one right now. You are so special. So make sure you get refreshed so you can give out better irregardless. Also, if you want to check out Elizabeth's resources or get coaching with her, make sure you check out elizabethoverstreet.com and she has all of that there right there for you. Okay. Love living intentionally with you. Have a great week. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramInMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.